are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is one... Wayne Randolph. He he just flexed. (laughs) You were supposed to tell them that. (laughs) Um, Hey Wayne. What's up, dude? Have you ever heard of a publication called Psychology Today? Yes. Yes. Um, apparently, it's fairly reputable. Um, have you ever read it? Uh, no. I, I imagine like seeing it in a, like on a coffee table, maybe at a yeah. therapy session, but no. Yeah, it's funny because when I said it's fairly reputable, I thought about my <laughs> psychology friends, and I feel like they might have other words for it. Do they it. just smirk when you said it? it? Probably. I don't know. Hate mail. Hate mail. Yay. Um, well, anyway, they have an online publication, um, mm-hmm. psychologytoday.com, I think. Um, and I was reading a really interesting article that has to do with our topic today. Um, it's about depression. Oh. <laughs> You're hoodwinking me, Chris. I didn't know we were talking about depression today. Uh, have, you, have you ever been depressed, Wayne? Is that too real? No, no. Oh, yeah. dude. I, no, I can't see anybody but you. So, uh, yes, it is. Uh, yes, I have dealt with depression in my life. Yeah. Same. Um, and and I guess never officially diagnosed, but more just in, in retrospect thinking, oh, that's what was going on emotionally with me during that time. I was 16 and was told that I was manic depressant. And I think I responded with, no, I'm 16. Like, I don't, (laughs) like, I don't know. Of course I don't know who I am. What do you mean? What's wrong? Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, well, uh, the particular article I was reading, um, was written by Dr. Peter Gray. Um, and he was talking about upticks in, I guess, psychotic disorders or, I, I don't know if, no, psychiatric, not psychotic. People mm. aren't going schizophrenic at school. Um, <laughs> <Praise God. laughs> psychiatric disorders um, and the correlation between psychiatric disorders and increased amount of time at school. Oh. Yeah. Uh, isn't that interesting? Um, for it, also, also, in his article, he, um, he, there's a, a chart that is posted. Um, I believe it's a children's mental health hospital in Connecticut. Um, but... The in the months of July and August, there is a dramatic dip um, in admissions to the Children's Psychiatric Hospital. Chris, I see where this is going. Yeah, dude, we are in a weird job. We are <laughs> in the beginning of August, yeah. which for us, well, at least in Southern California, I, I think some places are moving to this calendar so that the semester ends before Christmas. Um, but we are. In a time of year where we are getting ready to go back to school. Yeah, we're not recording in your daughter's room. We are in my classroom again. Right, and we just got finished being oriented yeah. at our orientation. Yeah. Um, but, oh, sorry, I, I have the actual figures here. Oh, it's go for it. the um, Children's Mental Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, and if you look at the months of March, there's 174 admissions, April, 156, May, 185, oh. June, 102, Uh-oh. July, 74, August, 66. And then in September, 103, October, wow. 145. So which month is the highest out of curiosity? Um, the highest is May. Which, makes, which would definitely correlate. I think that's when we recorded uh, Burnout. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Uh, um, I'm glad I, you found that data. It's pretty interesting, right? That I, I think that we can all like viscerally say back to school time is not 
the most fun time of year for students or teachers. Sure. Um, but it's really interesting that even the psychological <laughs> and psychiatric data uh, seem to support that gut feeling that we have about going back to work. Makes me sad. Slash school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even in this article um, that the that our friend, Dr. Peter Gray, not our friend, um, <laughs> what he was talking about in the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, what did kids do during the day hmm. before school? What did they do? Um, before school? Yeah. You um, got up early. You worked, I'm sure, on your family's land. I won't say farm for everybody, but yeah. on your land. And, and if they weren't in a farm, then where? Uh, well, then it would have been in a factory. In a factory. Yeah. yeah. From what I understand about schools, that the schools actually got them ready to work uh, in factories. Exactly. Using the bells and mm-hmm. herding mass amounts of people around and yeah. getting them kind of conditioned. Yes, and and so what's interesting is that a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the advocates um, against child labor were um, aware of the fact that having the pressure and the micromanagey bosses mm. over mm. kids, um, forcing them to do these things all day long, was bad for their health. Yeah, for um, development. Yeah. How, how interesting too, because I mean, even in terms of like what we know now about the brain, um, how cool that what they were considering back then actually yeah. collaborates. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's telling that even now, um, like if we look at the way that some of us do education, there is definitely like a, I don't know, there's some similarities yeah. between some educational practices and the factory system. Sure. Now, naturally we're trying to cure those, um, right. those of us who are trying to educate well, um, yeah. but but the factory and the prison system definitely still reflects our educational reality. This episode is starting so it starts so with dark. Some melancholy. I know. <laughs> well, but no, that's true though. I mean, that's that's the reality, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. so, so, <laughs> so, what do we do with that? <laughs> yeah, that being the case, um, if we know that this is the case for students, yeah. if we know that um, as adults and teachers we experience something similar because mm-hmm. we get two months of non-realistic life. Um, well, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but where we are doing what we want. Let's we just are, say it's delicious. Yeah, we're practicing <laughs> health, healthy habits, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, like our, our summer episode. Can we just, can we pause for a second for those who listen to that? And let me just tell you that there were some that I, I, didn't, I didn't make. And so, uh, man, I, I think I was sleeping in the summer kind of like a teenager. Yeah. Um, that's going to be hard to, to give up. Yeah. I, I, well, and for me, the hard part is going to be, I practiced a lot of those things, yeah. particularly like the, the eating healthy and exercise I saw that. stuff. Yeah. You're looking good, bro. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, swole. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I would exercise at about 10 AM, hmm. which is when responsible adults need to be working. Um, and I was able to keep an eye on eating healthy because I didn't have to walk in and out of a faculty lounge um, mm. that was stocked with donuts and bagels and Chick-fil-A right. sandwiches. Oh, like this morning, so good, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, but, but anyway, it, transition well, is transition. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition is hard, and so I think that just for this back to school special or episode or whatever we're calling it, um, I think it's really important that we talk about okay, how do we transition well? Yeah. We talked about transitioning the summer well. Sure. Okay, how do we transition out of summer well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to. Like what, what do we do personally as teachers or, yeah. or how we lead it? I mean, kids. So let, let's even yeah. talk through that. I mean, yeah. uh, as real as we want to be, how, um, what did the, what did the last, like, I don't know, 48 hours gearing up to come back to work look like? 
And even our first day back at work. Yeah, like that's how, right. What are that's the feelings right. that you had? Um, so it starts with discussions with the family, uh-huh. discussions with the kids. Um, we have been sleeping in. Uh-huh. Um, my son asked for pancakes one last time yesterday, but um, yeah, breakfast was served around 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was second breakfast for them. But um, yeah, it was. it's discussion, um, putting it on their radar. Hey, mm. you know, like the last two months have been really nice. We get to spend all this time together. Daddy is fully present for you. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, school's starting up again. And luckily my wife and I are both teachers. And, and so this, this is the norm for my, for right. our, our kids. I almost said yeah. our students, but for our kids, but it, I think it looks like just for initially the first 48 hours and actually kind of a few weeks back, but putting things on the radar yeah, and saying, Hey, things are about to change. Um, I noticed that with my, with my students. I noticed that with my own kids that, mm-hmm. um, like if my kids are watching a TV show and I want them to stop, I actually, it's better for me to say, hey, you guys have five more minutes. It gives yeah. them time to kind of prep for it. And, yep. and, and then I think where that kind of moves to is, is a morning period. Yeah. You know what I mean? A, a time, not not a.m. morning, but a morning of, of like a loss that, mm-hmm. okay, that we're, we're going to lose that. And so yeah. giving them time to prepare. Um, yeah. So that's, even, that's one thing. How about you? What yeah. Are, I think that the putting things on radar, some of, some of the things are even like little things. Like this summer we got, um, we got some pullets, which is the way a pullet is when it's not a chick anymore, but it's not a full grown hen. It's a pullet. Anyway, so we got some pullets. I have so many bad jokes about like <laughs> want to pulling them apart and dip them in barbecue sauce mm. and eating your chickens. Well, we do have one Sorry. rooster on accident, so that might happen. Um, but anyway, we <laughs> we got <laughs> some pullets. Um, we also we got a you got a rabbit. Too, we also huh? got a rabbit. Well, we're back to school, so the phone is ringing. Um, and Wayne answered it. And it was the librarian. The librarian. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you got some chickens and an and, accidental, hen, no, an accidental rooster and you got a rabbit. We, we got a rabbit. Awesome. Um, we let my daughter, who mostly speaks Spanish, name her. Um, and so she named I her love this. Um, Beef. I, I love that so much. My kids love that story. Beef. You have there a rabbit is. named Beef. We have a rabbit named Beef. Um, and the thing is... Since I've been home and I like outdoorsy and animally mm. things, um, every day I will chop vegetables for beef and I will um, plug in the heater for our chicks awesome. or our, our pullets and our one rooster. Um, and I, I had to bring it up a couple of days ago. Mm. Hey, I probably won't have time in the morning to chop up romaine lettuce for beef. Yeah. Is that something you'll be able to do? Is that something do? you put on your wife's radar? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're not asking your daughter to yeah, chop up she, romaine. Yeah, she would not know what romaine is. Yeah, so it is, yeah, it's little things. Yeah. And, and yeah, it seems to be pretty important. I think we probably learned that the hard mm-hmm. way by not putting things on people's radar yeah. and then and I, consequence. Yeah, and I also think that maybe uh, I don't – this totally wasn't intentional. But I think um, slowly but surely also we so – my wife and I sort of started like accidentally, maybe, I don't know if this was on purpose, but we started saying things that we're looking forward to about mm. me going back to work, which kind of sounds jacked up. Like, I'm excited to spend the day away from you, which is not true, but saying things like, it'll be nice to have a routine again, yeah. or... You're, you're choosing to, to find the silver lining. Right, yeah. Framing it in such a way that is not like, the world is going to end and you won't have a father or a husband anymore. Um, but rather it's framed in a way of, oh, we'll have routine. We'll have some more structure to our, our days again. We can start planning things like this. Our Disney passes are going to be good again because right. we bought the cheap one. And that this is, this is the normal, right? Yeah. This is the norm. Because I think the alternative is, is you walk into like today was orientation for us. And I, and I would imagine if we were to, to interview each one of the teachers that came back today, I'm sure that there are some who are walking in with that, right? Right. Like, uh, dreading being here and thinking yeah. about what they else they could be doing and, 
man, you can go through life with that kind of attitude and just really miss out on being kind of in the moment, right? Right. Which we've discussed before. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's probably um, one of the things that is super important. I think a lot of our administrators are aware of this as well. Like you've noticed that they – it seems like in a lot of these orientation things, they start very positive, Mm. right? Because I think part of it is compensating knowing that a lot of – us do not feel positive yeah. about coming back, yeah. but but it also starts that that sense of anticipation of looking yeah. forward, and that way we can even sort of set the tone for when students do That's come right. back to school. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the other forty-eight hour thing you asked about, um, I I start spending more time. Um, I'm not much of a, a planner or like a list kind of person. I, I'm probably the poster child for type B. Mm. Um, and so what that looks like for me is um, as I run errands, maybe I turn the music off and I have to think about things in my mind about like the first week of school or yeah. I drive up. We're, we're really lucky to live at the base of these, you know, often very beautiful mountains. And, um, you know, I'll go drive up up to Baldy and, 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 and think about some stuff. And mm. so I, my, I start getting my mind um, prepared um, for uh, first week. Yeah, uh, and, and just kind of all of that. Um, yeah. That's the other. That's the other big one that I do. What is the first thing that you think of when you think of coming back to school? Um, a lot of stress and fun with my friends. Homework. Elaborate. Having to do homework um, for me or a teach like a teacher or a student. Teacher. Teacher. Um, having to figure out what lessons to teach. Yeah. Teachers. What about them? Um, I think about all the things that we're gonna learn, all the homework that they're gonna assign, and all the deep conversations we're gonna have in class, whether it's for Bible or science or math. You're more of a planner. Have you already done uh, lesson plans? <laughs> no, well, I... I've, I mean, I know they're already kind of done. Yeah, but. because in the past years, I've been a little bit more OCD about the way I do my lesson plans. And so each lesson has three objectives and the materials necessary and yeah, the warm-up. Yeah, very aware of lesson plans. They freak me out. <laughs> they're kind of... It's a bit much. But yeah. as a result, then I don't have to worry as much in the beginning of the year. So what do you what do, you do um, knowing that, you know, next week we have students and they are going to be looking to you for... Um, um, not necessarily they're looking to you for curriculum, mm. but they're looking to you for you know for cues and, and answers. And yeah. How do you, how do you kind of prep yourself mentally for that? Well, I think one of the things that I I realize is in the beginning of the year, I think it, it sets the tone, yeah. right? And yeah. so I think that this is why the, our leaders and administrators are trying right. to set a positive, positive tone, tone, trying to set right. um, communication to be well, trying to make, give access to ideas and trying to be supportive and all yeah. those things, because yeah, that sets the tone for the rest of the year. But I also think that, um, we get to do the same thing for the students. Totally. And so from day one, from our interactions with the students, we have an opportunity. Um, if we want our students to awe and wonder at God, um, at his kingdom, at Jesus, then I think it's almost, um, imperative that we in those first few minutes embody that wonder and that Amen. awe. Amen. Yeah. And so I think that it that's looks great, different. That's, that's, that's yeah. a great thought. And what's, what's cool about our school is our first day for orientation, our students are in our classes, but they're only in our classes for 10 minutes, yeah. which is just enough time to like do a little, uh, 
Was it Operation Shock and Awe? Wasn't that like a military <laughs> campaign in the Middle East? Yeah, that's another uh, one of our episodes. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think of it maybe, maybe because I'm a large man, <clears throat> I'd like to think of it as a as an appetizer. Yeah, of uh, what what's the entree going to be like? Mm, bacon see what shrimp. I did? You see what I did there? That was so good. Oh, but that shrimp is actually stuffed into jalapeno. What do you think of that? Gross. We need to stop. Anyway. So yeah, so for ten minutes we we get and we got and we got a yeah. man for lack of a better term, and, you know, and 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 we don't mean it in any sort of cynical way, but we got to hook them. Yep. We gotta we gotta make them want to come back, yeah. and I would say even more so um, with Bible. Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of our students, if we're being totally honest, and when they walk into the classroom, it's it's. I think school in, in general is an obligation to them, mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of them, Bible class is like, here we go, yep. right? Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's right. oh, that's right. I go to a Christian school. I yeah. have to go to Bible, yep. and so they kind of come in with that. And for the ones who are excited about Bible, sometimes. Um, they're excited about Bible because it's like, oh, this is the easy class. Right. Or, <laughs> right. or this is the right. fun class. Or yeah. this is the class that doesn't matter on my transcript. Or mm. yeah. um, there's these other things. And so even some of the positive messages that they're circulating and saying about our classes. Not the positive we want. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It's a different kind of positive. Yeah. What, so what do you um, – what do you – what does your first 10 minutes look like? So, yeah. Um, and part of this – I'm going to be really honest. Part of this is I, I want to hear what you're doing because um, – I really appreciate that you saying that, Chris. Sometimes I look at that 10 minutes as a like, I mean, what are we going to do? I'm not going to see you again in my classroom until the following week. So yeah. maybe we do a quick hi, what'd you do over the summer? But yeah. man, that, that's a, it's a sacred opportunity that I have um, yeah. to really kind of get them excited. So right. I, I, as well as our listeners, are going to learn a little bit from yes. you right now. So, so for my seniors, um, they've been going through the Bible curriculum for a long time. Um, or if they've been in Christian school for a long time, day one, um, I basically tell them, this class is called Love, Dating, and Marriage, um, and I have a PowerPoint. Um, but then before we go on, I um, I pause the PowerPoint. Um, I put put it on blackout. You can hit B on PowerPoint, and it blacks it out. Oh, if you're nice. Wondering. Note um, <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll say, but before we get anything started, I need to tell you the most important thing that you will hear this year. And this this may be the most important thing you'll ever hear in your life. Um, and then I say, can you hear at that point? Can you, does it get quiet? Like, are they, yeah. and, are they ready for that? Like day and, one? Yeah. And some of them are a little bit squirrely. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, they're excited to see each other yeah. and, and share so stories. After saying that though, that like it mostly gets quiet, but, um, I read an article called the power of 100%. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's, but it, it talked about the power of a hundred percent and what it is as a teacher, it, you wait for 100% hmm. of cooperation. Hmm. So if you say, I need everyone's attention, you don't um, wait for 95% because then what that does is it tells that 5% that they don't keep need to on, pay attention. Yeah, keep on and partnering the, around. Yeah, and the yep. others who didn't pay attention, who were paying attention, they realize, oh, they don't mean it. So hmm. I wait for 100% awesome. um, until I have 100% of the eyes. Dude, I'm, I'm, that's in my pocket right now. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And then um, once, I, when it is, once it is silent, I will say... If I could speak in the tongues of men or of angels, mm. but don't have love, I'm a resounding gong. And then I quote First Corinthians 13 to them. But I, yeah. since since I taught the class a bunch of times, it's all memorized. Yeah. Um, and so I do do my best to put it into their own vernacular and like mm. hold eye contact with them as yeah. I'm saying these things. Um, and then about halfway, like the lifetimers, um, about half of a verse in, they know what I'm doing. But then others, it takes them a little while to be like, oh, he's speaking scripture right mm. now. Um, but then what I've discovered is that like sort of like opens up a little bit of awe. Um, sometimes you set the tone. Dude. Yeah. I love it. You're, and, you're such a good teacher, man. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so that's what yeah. I do with them. With Bible 10 this year, I plan on doing um, a lot of like weird science-y things um, cool. or just um, – sophomores are the perfect age for their brains. They like their brains to be melted, but they still freak out about it a little. And right. so we'll do some – like I'll probably do some things about like light particles um, being Excellent. weird um, and – I don't know, the behavior of, of quantum particles and that's really cool. Things like that, that'll yeah. make that their brains want to explode. Yeah. That's awesome. You um, are already making me reassess how I start. Um, and how I, I will tell you, um, one of my mentor teachers at a, at a former school, I love you, Joel. Um, <laughs> he would sit there and people would come in and he would stare at them and he wouldn't respond. Why? And they, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and they, and like, and you know, I, I mean, you don't teach, do you have freshmen? You don't even have I don't freshmen. Have freshmen no. So freshmen come in and they're, you know, they're lost and they're scared and, and whatever, you know, they come in and they, they want to know if you have a seating chart, you know, they're coming out of like a, a very structured junior high and, um, you know, they'll come up and, and ask, do you have a seating chart? And, you know, sometimes he would, a, a quick response, like, well, no, I'll just kind of say where you want. Uh, but, but he would just stare at them. And he was wait. He would wait for one person to raise their hand and say, like, what, what are we doing? Are we going to be doing this for a while? Or if it lasted the whole class period, he'd, he'd let him go. And part of what he would get at, and, and I'm probably messing this up a little bit, because I tried to do it myself and it didn't work. It was his, it was his shtick. It was not <laughs> mine. But part of what he would get into was this idea of, like, you know, why are you just being little robots? Why are you being little sheep? Like you're not even kind of, um, you know, feeling empowered to want to know what you're doing. You're just, you're just kind of sitting here. But he just totally, he threw him for a loop is what he yeah. did. He sucker punched him. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of set the tone for like, hey, no, like this is about empowerment and this and that. So I've kind of, I've messed with some of those. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, strategically, I might, I might, I'm probably going to change up what I'm going to do next week now just based off of how cool you are. Um, <laughs> but I think strategically, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier ago, uh, was this idea of mourning. Mm. And so um, I'm, I am super relational. And so I, I even teach my strategy. I teach through relationship. And so yeah. um, I, this idea of kind of becoming all things to all people for the sake of the gospel, like I will self-deprecate. I will be as transparent as possible with students. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can trust me, um, so that what I'm sharing with them that, you know, they, they want to, but that being said, we, we kind of start a little bit more relational in the the last few years. And basically we, we do talk about our summers Hmm. and what were some highlights and we, you know, kind of do the think pair share thing. We talk together and think about it and talk about it. But what I, what I'm kind of in my mind I'm doing is like, okay, that was cool. Let's talk about some highlights. That was awesome. But like, okay, that summer's done now. And then it's like, okay, for the next few months, here's where we're going. Right. And so really, I guess, acknowledging the transition, acknowledging the morning, the loss of summer. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, th- we are one body with many different functions. And yeah. I think that like maybe you're being a little bit too self-deprecatory when you're saying, <laughs> oh, I probably should rethink it because that is a way of hooking them, right? True. Uh, yeah, even, that's true. That's even true. In the, yeah, even the way that when I see... It's just not way, as cool as your thing. Uh, but it, cool is relative, right? Yeah, um, but when I think about the way you operate your Bible class, a lot of it is built on trust and safe space. And right. so from, from that fir- yeah, yeah, from that first day, if you build trust and set a safe space where people feel comfortable sharing um, of themselves, then they're going to have an easier time of being that transparent in that yeah. space. Yeah, it's almost, and I, you know, when, when I say it like this and package it this way, it kind of sounds like just slimy, but it, it, I, it's as if I have to sell who I am to mm-hmm. them and, and why should they listen to me right. why, so that I'm not just another adult saying, here's what you need to know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it seem it seems to work for me, right. and so yeah. Yeah, if you're going to some, well, thanks for talking me off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right, like if you if you said that you needed advice from some crazy wise sage, um, and then someone was like, "Oh yeah, go to this place," and there's a crazy wise sage there, and then you went and there's just a guy in cargo shorts and a t-shirt, like sitting on a plastic chair, you'd <laughs> be like, "Okay, right," but then. Yeah. Um, you, you're able to trust the sage when he says something different or like even, even image itself. I I know that it might seem messed up. Like we, we talk about not just cleaning our outer man, but also our inner man. But we also realize that our outer man is a reflection of our inner man, right? To an extent. Um, and so your beard speaks volumes. Thank you. Uh, I joke that it's my it's my masters of divinity. <laughs> my beard is what gives me credibility yeah. amongst theological discussions, and that, that's why I like it. That's rad. Just the random brown guy yeah. showing up to the conversation. <laughs> hey, um, I know I know one of the things we said kind of off off before we were recording was even talking about like kind of where we start. Hmm. Um, how how do you so so we have our first ten minutes and then you know there's some other stuff and there's orientation yeah. and we do a retreat yada yada. But when when school starts when school yeah. really starts, um, how do you where do you start? How do you anchor the, or do you anchor the kind of the entire year with your first week or do you just jump into a unit and just kind of go unit by unit or? Yeah, for, for the first, um, there's a little bit of that prepping in that, in that 10 minute period, because then I'll do say, here are the things that we'll probably cover this year. Right. Um, but then the following week, um, I think both of our classes do this as we start with respect agreements. Yeah. Um, last year, our school implemented, um, a restorative discipline model, um, which, yeah, Ron Klassen um, wrote a book called Discipline That Restores. Um, mm-hmm. And if you are involved in um, in any sort of organization that does discipline in some way, then this is a book that you need to get. And I would especially chime in there, especially especially those of us who are following Christ and, mm-hmm. and are working in communities that we're following Christ because um, – it seems to be the model we see in scripture is yeah. that God's justice is a, is a restorative justice, right? right? He's putting things back together. Yeah. Um, not so, just giving us what we deserve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Praise yeah. God. And we, we start the year out with these respect agreements, which isn't um, respect agreements. I feel like when I heard the idea it sounded so soft, you know right? what I mean? Like yeah. I'm the dictator of this class. I need right. to run it. Um, and I'm, I demand like, respect. Yeah. Um, but what the respect agreement is, is everybody collectively working on what does it look like for, Teacher to respect student, student to respect teacher, students to respect each other, and then all of us together to respect the property. Yeah. And the, it's and really empowering. The I, yeah. I've seen it really empower. My freshmen, um, I don't want to say they freak out. That might be a, yeah. a, too big of a word. But they're really like – they kind of give me these like awkward looks when – I, I I play it up. Yeah. So I do the respect agreements as well. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do these respect agreements and we're going to talk about respect. And, and I'm, I'm intentionally kind of playing the, the um, dictator role. Yeah. And so then I start with – Hey, what would it look like for me to respect you guys? Mm. And it's it's silent, dude. It's amazing. And then we, I kind of acknowledge it, and I'm like, yeah, I know, right? When was the last time you had an adult, you had a mm. teacher asking you first what it looks like for me to treat you yeah. right? Um, and that, that again sets that tone, right? Yeah. Um, almost like they then they want to earn that respect, right? But yeah, so yeah, and I think that what what's also it's not just empowering to them because that's part of it, but part of empowerment um, is ownership. That's right. And so since they feel empowered, then when other people are being disrespectful, um, they feel also empowered to correct their peers, to check themselves right? before um, they wreck themselves. I, I've noticed that because of the respect agreements, um, there's usually a point in the year when people forget about the beginning of the year respect stuff. Um, and usually at some point, um, I will pull it back up and I'll be like, look guys, I don't, I definitely do not feel respected. Um, mm. and it almost like 
seems like it hurts them mm. that I say that because yeah. since they've taken ownership, they realize, and oh, you've got relationship at this yeah, point. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, well, I've broken something. That's this right. needs to be repaired. And, and on the, on the same side, it, if I see myself falling off track, doing the dumb things, mm. um, then I, I have an opportunity to point it at, at the same respect agreement and say, guys, I definitely didn't do this. That's so huge. Um, what, a, at, what a cool model for yeah, them. And ask for forgiveness of, of defying what, what a we cool agreed thing. to. And you know, I don't, I don't say this at the detriment of any of any of our colleagues or any of the other um, disciplines that are being taught here, but, but I, I'm so excited to know that that's happening in the Bible classrooms, that we right. are, we are exemplifying that and modeling that and, um, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And from a, when we implemented this last year, a lot of our other colleagues in the different departments were doing something very similar right. to this so that there's the same philosophy. And even the the dean of discipline last year, um, he even read the book, and, and that was part of what framed how we do all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so now we have like an agreed-upon language. Exactly. Right? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And so that's usually the first day or two I do that. Um, we have block scheduling, though, and so an hour and a half is a really long time to talk about respect. Um, and, yeah, you start to go cross-eyed after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll usually spend a good maybe half of the period on that stuff, and then the second half of the period dive into material and framing type things. Cool. Um, and so, uh, again, since I'm, we're trying to hook them in the beginning, um, we go in our 10th grade um, we go through Jay Warner Wallace's cold case Christianity. And mm-hmm. so we go through detective methods cool. and the inductive method and solving crime scenes. And that's sort that of sounds stuff. more exciting than yeah. maybe vacation Bible school or, <laughs> and, and, and again, not, not at the expense of that, but, right. but that's kind of their mindset is like, Oh, here we go again. Right. So yeah. how cool I, and I see kids going in and out of your class and, and the, um, you're really good at kind of inspiring a sense of wonder with those mm. things. And um, it's really cool that you do that. Like you, you, make, you make scripture kind of come alive in a different way for them or want them to care mm. even. So that, I think that's cool that you use that tactic. That's, that's really rad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For, for us with the freshman Bible, um, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a real easy task of, uh, you know, an overview of all 66 books and <laughs> – <laughs> and then if you make it, uh, the, the goal is to go through, um, through another book and, and talk about morality and ethics. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I go back even to it's, it's our first episode, um, which, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to re-record and discuss yeah. some of that stuff. But um, we frame, we go back to the Shalom story and um, we talk about the original blessing. Uh, and so for me, that kind of gives the why should I care? Um, and then even to be honest, you know, I, uh, not that I would lie. Uh, but the juniors, so I have these juniors coming back. So I had them as freshmen. We did the, the Shalom talk yeah. and meta narrative talk of restoration. They had you for a year. They did a lot of that same stuff. And we're going to, you know, hopefully without any eyes being rolled, but for the first two or three days, it will be a refresher of all that stuff again. Because yeah. in my mind, if we lose what the original, what the beginning story is about, then when right. we start exploring any other area of the story, mm-hmm. uh, we might miss out on some stuff. So we do a lot of revision, reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, remember our agreed upon vocabulary of right. restoration and empire and kingdom. And, um, and then we get to jump in. But um, I think that there, at least with most of my students, what I've noticed is there's this almost sense of like, oh yeah, we're back with Randolph. Like yeah. this is how Randolph talks. And so yeah. it's, it's kind of like, uh, for lack of a better term, like uh, making sure that they're enculturated, <laughs> which is, seems to be something I talk against often. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that is also important. Um, I think, before I thought like I, I needed to be the 
like the hard teacher, right? right. That I needed right. to be challenging because that's what kids lack is the challenge. Um, and I think it's okay to keep up that. There's truth in that, man. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's okay to keep up that that demand. But at the same time, like also just acknowledging the fact that for two months, these students, for the most part, have turned their brains off. And maybe not turned their brains off, but turned off the regions of their brains that use the critical thinking that we're demanding yeah, of them. Yeah. Or that use the reading centers of their brain. Now, Chris, there's I've like talked, the ex- okay, yeah. sorry, there, there's the exceptions, right? Like there's, right. there's the bookworm that was reading all summer. Right. But that's but not that's, most of them. That is, you're right. That's the outlier. The, um, the students that I've already begun interacting with because of some other um, tasks and job related stuff here on campus, I've already started talking with some kids. The amount of like just like show TV shows and movies that they've consumed. I have talked to a few students who said that in a 24 hour period, they were able to consume like two whole seasons of programs. And, but that was, that's a 24 hour period, right? That's a 24. Like we're not talking about two months. And so you think about the amount of just, you know, I, I, I close my eyes and I think of like moths and other insects just slowly (laughs) going towards the electrical, you know, bright light and into their doom. Um, so yeah, like to, yeah. to jump right in sometimes, um, sure. It might be a good scare tactic. I don't right. know if it's the most efficient, but it might like, it's a wake up call, yep. but to, to kind of ease. And I, and I feel this responsibility in the, and I'm very thankful to be a Bible teacher mm-hmm. and, and nothing else. Um, um, because it, there is a different kind of responsibility that I have, you know, scripture, scripture is pretty clear. It says, woe to us, you know, we're judged doubly. And so, um, if I just scare them from the beginning or, or potentially lose them, you know, or, or frighten them away, then... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather, I guess I'd, I guess I'm long-winded trying to say I'd rather err on the side of buy-in and relationship in the first yeah. week than, than not. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that we, we keep talking about what this is going to set the tone for the entire year, but I think maybe one last thing that we could talk about is, um, well then what is the tone that wants to be accomplished? Mm. I think that, um, Oftentimes beginning of the year or New Year's is goal setting time. Um, and we set these goals <laughs> and we say, these are the things that I want to work on. Yeah. And if, if you're like me, um, then sometimes you may be overzealous in the beginning of the year. You can be like, because you're fresh off the summer. Maybe you're a little bit more well-rested. And so you can be like, I'm going to try this new assessment strategy. Right. I'm also going to, I'm totally going to, yeah, I'm going to use this new app on the iPad and I'm going to make sure that all of my things are up to date. I'm going to add these in, elements into each one of my lessons. Um, and I think that when it comes to goal setting, um, I don't necessarily think that it's like, let's set the bar low. But rather, let's make sure that we are setting maybe a goal, Yeah. right? What is the, what is the goal that you want to accomplish yeah. um, in this class? Now, like, um, I know that there's, like, rules that it should be measurable and you, you can get there in a certain way. And so, of course, like, our goal is the growth of the kingdom of God. But, right. like, measuring that's kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of setting goals in the beginning of the year, I think that, like, I've learned that, like, the simpler the goal um, and the fewer the goals, the more I'm able to amen. actually implement them and amen. do something that's meaningful. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Um, I can I can kind of summarize mine. Yeah. Um, and it it comes from the spiel that I give the parents in a few weeks when we have mm-hmm. the the back to school night. Yeah. Um, and it's a summary really of of all the great men and women in my life who have poured into me. Um, but it's simple. Um, I, I don't think the world needs more. Christian robots. Yeah. Um, what I what I really firmly believe what we need is Christians, people who 
can see the compelling life that Christ led, that want that for themselves and not just for themselves, for their own personal salvation, but because that's the best idea, option, solution out there. And and so, you know, I talk about like what we really need is people who are sold out, who have bought in, who are in love, love with the creator um, and want to use whatever gift they've been given, um, what, whatever whatever skill set, mm-hmm. um, they want to use that for the kingdom. And so my goal, that's my goal, is, is that I wouldn't perpetuate any sort of rote Christian robotic, um, a robotic Christianity. Yeah. Uh, and so if that's my goal, this is why I start with being transparent, authentic from the get-go right. and, and show them this is what it looks like when it's contextualized in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want you to know this story so bad. I want this story to move you and rock mm-hmm. you so bad that you too want to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that might be a lofty, you know, any goal setters out there, you might say, well, that's not, that's not quantitative, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, quantifiable. Um, so yeah, but that's, if I can check myself against those things, then... Yeah. And cool. Yeah. And I think that that type of goal is like almost like mission statement material. Right? Yeah. yeah more, like, much more so. Yeah. And, and you can tell that your mission, like those of you out there, your mission statement is not, doesn't have to be Wayne's. Yeah. Right? Because, Please don't. Because Wayne, don't, the world doesn't need a whole bunch of me. Right. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't need to be the way that I would run my classroom. Right. Like, because when I think about um, by the end of my class, what I want students to experience is I want, I want, I think like in terms of, in different terms. So I'm like, I want students to feel invested, um, and, and capable and equipped to, uh, um, to do the things that God made them to do. Right. Right. And so that's totally different vocabulary, but it's pointing to the same kingdom of God. Right. Um, and so I guess we are recording this (laughs) because we want to say we know. Yep. We get it. Yep. We're back to school. We currently get it. For those of you who are jumping for joy, harness that energy and pour it into your your kids. Um, For those of you who are struggling to get back into the swing of things, um, we hear you. Um, And maybe some of your authenticity, um, if channeled correctly, can be used to build relational capital with your students. Um, to, to resonate with them and be on the same page with them. Yeah, and on on a side note there too, when we say we, we hear you, we, we feel you, we, we know, um, we also want to hear you and <laughs> we want to know. And so, um, man, there, there's been some great dialogues already happening on, on Facebook and, um, and a couple of emails and stuff we've gotten. But um, please, you know, share, share strategies. It'd be cool if this conversation podcast thing turned into, you know, even a platform where we can we can collaborate and, and share strategies yeah. and, and different ideas and 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 laugh with each other and cry with each other but th- this this is a moment of mourning as we as we we mourn our summer and start something new but um yeah you know please put some messages up there and and, and let us know some ideas that you're using or some yeah so let's keep sharing with each other indeed so may you have a wonderful beginning of the year no matter how you feel um and may it propel you into a meaningful kingdom building year amen Thank you.